heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On King, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday and welcome everybody into another edition of Locked on Kings. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm your host, Jason Ross, here for you each and every day talking about the Sacramento Kings and the NBA and the NBA playoffs. And today on the podcast, we're going to look at the weekend of the NBA playoffs, look ahead to round two. That's kind of underway. Well, it has started. And we're going to continue our player evaluations today. We focus in on the rookie, one of the rookies, Malachi Richardson. So we'll do all that coming up on today's podcast. But want to kind of start it off with what happened over the weekend as uh, the first round takes a long time. We had one game seven, but the first round is finally all wrapped up. Hill, Hayward, Ingles, Johnson and Gobert. Hill comes off a Gobert pick. Free throw line, open jumper. Got it. The offseason trade of George Hill showing the calmness late in the game. Jazz by 10. Joe Torch ball early in this series. They bring the double. Rotate Ingles. Left side to Hood. Back to Ingles. Feet set. Ball wet. Splash. Three ball. Joe Ingles. Utah by 16. Gordon Hayward dribbles it out. Chris Paul a free agent. Blake Griffin a free agent. J.J. Redick a free agent. And Doc Rivers with his arms crossed at half court wondering what the Clippers will be. But the focus here is on the Utah Jazz. Shot clock violation on the Jazz. 11 seconds to play in L.A. The Utah Jazz are advancing to the second round for the first time in seven years. Congratulations to the Utah Jazz for defeating the Los Angeles Clippers. Tough time in Los Angeles. Really, once the injury to Blake Griffin, it was a good job by the Clippers to win game six in Utah to force the deciding game. I, I know the Clippers so desperately want to play the Warriors, but they wouldn't have been at full strength. I don't think they would have had much of a shot. I don't know that Utah has a, a great chance either, but a better chance against the Warriors because you know they've got some things that could maybe bother Golden State. Warriors will still be the heavy favorite, but bottom line, congratulations to the Utah Jazz. They move on. The Clippers season ends in round one again. And the other storyline from the game on Sunday, the final game of the first round, was it was also the final game of the truth. Paul Pierce, wrapping up his NBA career, always will be known as a Celtic, but played his final game and uh, talked about it afterwards. You know, it's tough. I mean, you know, if you come up short in your goals, you know, uh, you know, each and every year you set a goal to, to be champions and... Uh, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow each and every year. You know, I've been in the league 19 years, so I've had to swallow 18 tough pills. <laughs> so, uh, but end of the day, you know, uh, I was happy to be able to be a part of this. You know, compete with these guys, see the work everybody put in every day, and you know, appreciate the guys around me. Um, you know, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, quite a ride for Pierce. It was an amazing journey for him. One championship, lots of all-star games, tons of points, minutes, and memories, and truly one of the uh, memorable guys. Had a good career, put in a lot of work, and glad he got one title 
out of that journey. But his former team, I say former, one of his former teams, but the team he's most known for, the Boston Celtics, kick-started round two when they were hosting the Washington Wizards. Washington got, got past Atlanta. Of course, Boston dropped the first two games, had some scares along the way, but were able to get rid of the Chicago Bulls as the one seed. So they move on to round two, and round two is underway. Isaiah, left-hand dribble. He's clear, three in the air. He doesn't like it. Bounces in. He knew it was off. He hit the front iron, kissed off the glass, and right back down the middle. Shooters get those kind of touches and those kind of bounces. Isaiah, Isaiah catches it. Isaiah made nine threes the entire first round. He's made five this afternoon in game one. Celtics have their largest lead, up by eight. Avery, with the shot clock at two. Avery, step back, three in the air. Ooh. Got it! Ooh! Ooh! Somebody stepped on my toe. For the first time since the last time the Boston Celtics were in the Eastern Conference semifinals, they will win a game one. Isaiah Thomas flies back across country to score 33. Al Horford comes out of the first quarter phone booth to play one of his best games as a member of the Celtics. And a 17-point comeback is the story of a game one win for the Boston Celtics. The final score, Boston 123, Washington 111. A good comeback by Boston. Washington blitzed them early, but the Celtics came back, and they take one game of that series. They lead one game to none. Rest of the game twos, or round twos, I should say, will be getting underway with San Antonio and Houston. Of course, we mentioned earlier the Warriors and the Jazz, and then you got Toronto and Cleveland. So second round should produce some pretty good series, hopefully some high-level basketball and good drama. Round one was fun. We had some good good memories, but round two I think has potential to be really, really good. And, you know, those are kind of games you'd love to get to, right? Well, there's one way you can, one way I can help you with it, and that's SeatGeek because it's the best way to get to these games. You're always looking for tickets anywhere you can find them. Like, how do I get to these games? Just think of SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way for you to find the tickets to the games that you want to see up close and in person, really from anywhere. You could be anywhere in the world because it's an app, and there's nothing like being at those games for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get those guaranteed seats that you want for the great value that you always desire. The SeatGeek app, it's the easiest way to do it, and that's the way you shop for these tickets. You can literally be anywhere, and a few taps, and the tickets that you desire, the ones that you want will be yours. With SeatGeek, you can get the best deals. They've compared the prices for you, and they grade every ticket so you'll find the best deals that fit inside your desired budget. Plus, every ticket you buy is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you'll shop with confidence, go to the games, and enjoy yourself. Best of all, all you diehards, and I thank you for your support here on Locked on Kings, you guys will get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So here's what you do. To get that $20 rebate on tickets, Download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code. Again, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, enter LOKINGS, LOKINGS. SeatGeek then will send you $20 off after you've made that first ticket request, just like that. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOKINGS. All right, we're going to continue our player evaluation. And my thanks again to those that have helped us out with this. You've heard from Katie Christensen, James Hamm, Jerry Reynolds, Jason Jones, all people that I uh, respect that cover this team, that know the ins and outs. And we're going to continue to do that as we continue our player evaluation. Today, we zero in on Malachi Richardson. Collie Stein sets a token pick, pops out, takes the feed. He's at the top of the circle. One dribble from Willie, hands it off to Malachi, drives into the lane, draws the foul, scores the basket. That's a good move there by Malachi Richardson. It results in a three-point opportunity. Here comes Richardson with a jam. 
a near turnover resulted in Richardson then being able to slide uncontested down the lane, unchallenged. Makes it 34 to 20. Malachi Richardson changes directions, drives, forces a shot, gets the shot. He drove it against Kaminsky, who had the huge advantage, and he clearly was off balance, but he somehow found a way to kiss it home. Well, I'm excited about what Malachi could be, but I also don't want to be fooled because it really was a small, small sample size. Injuries happen. His was a bad timing one right before the All-Star break. And he didn't know, the organization may not have known completely, that the team would look completely different when they came back to play after that. We were hopeful that Malachi could return. There was some talk that he might play the final 10 games of the year, but the Kings ultimately shut him down. It probably was for the best, but he missed an opportunity to get a lot of minutes to close out the season. So if if I'm thinking of what Malachi did this year, I did see some flashes But I also want to be careful. I know a lot of times we'll think back and think of some good things. And if we're going to go on the positive side for what we saw in Malachi Richardson, I can remember the 12-point effort he had in the win in overtime in Cleveland. He had another 10-point game against the Warriors, the game before he hurt his hamstring. He had a nice game. I remember a pretty decent effort uh, in Houston. And so he was getting some minutes consistently for about a two- to three-week stretch starting in January, late January to about middle of February uh, before the All-Star break and before the injury. And, you know, you're looking at his minute total in that stretch of time. You're looking at 6, 8, 14, 14, 13, 6, 4, 19. And then the most minutes he played was the final game before the injury when the Kings were getting killed by the Warriors. He played 27 minutes. And I think he's a guy that looks comfortable shooting, can shoot it, but I'm – this is where it's a little bit hard to evaluate, in my opinion, Malachi. Not only did we see a small sample size, I do like his form, his confidence, but he didn't make more than one three-pointer in any game played. And there's not a huge volume. The most he took in a game was four. But that's a position that he's going to, whether he's playing the three or the two, he's going to have to be able to stretch the floor and shoot the three. And again, he's averaging in, in the low minute total in that stretch, but some guys can come in and play 12, 14 minutes and pull the trigger four or five times and make two or three. So we didn't see any of those kind of things, but all things being equal, I think we saw some pretty good things from Malachi Richardson in the few games that he did play. But let's hear from those that were evaluating him as well, and we're getting our impressions from our experts. We're going to start with Jerry Reynolds, get his impressions of Malachi Richardson. I liked what I saw. I just didn't see very much, just like it's like everybody. You know, I, I I wasn't quite ready to put him in the Hall of Fame like some of our <laughs> fans. I, I think they were kind of ready to just go ahead and put him right on in there. I mean, because, you know, it's not like with uh, Scal and, and Buddy and, and Papianis who got to play consistent minutes at the end of the year. You really only saw uh, Malachi Richardson play a few minutes in the second quarter, a few minutes in the third quarter for the most part. and make a shot here or there and he certainly looked did a solid job but but in my mind I, I guess I'm too old school but I I I think you you need to see a guy playing at, at some point 25 minutes a game for a while all right from Jerry we go to Jason Jones of the Sacramento Bee and ask him something similar as well about Malachi what stood out to you Jason about the play of Malachi Richardson to me the jumped out with his confidence as soon as he got a chance to play there was, you know, when he had a shot, he knew what his shot was. He was going to take it. He had a little bit of a grit to him that I like, even as a for a young guy. It's just a shame that he got injured because he didn't really need a chance to see what he could do beyond the break. And now coming back in the summer, it's going to be a big summer for him. And also the fact that now you got Buddy there. So 
you know, for the trade, you're thinking, you know what, maybe uh, Malachi is the guy you plug in as your two-man, maybe, you know, down, you know, long-term down the road. But now with Buddy there, maybe Malachi plays a little more three. You know, maybe you just see can he, you know, steal some minutes there. But I think Malachi showed enough, you know, you know he can be a contributor. It's just a matter of now where does he fit in now because obviously Buddy's going to get, you know, the starter minutes, the bulk of those minutes at that two guard spot. So maybe Malachi can play some three. Maybe he becomes a, you know, more of a six man type. Who knows? But I think Malachi, I, I, I liked what I saw from Malachi when he was playing. As we continue to bounce around and get player evaluations, we next go to King's sideline reporter Katie Christensen and asked her what she likes about the game of Malachi Richardson. He, the, the great thing about him, and you need this in any shooting guard, Jason, and you, you've seen it for a long time, um, how some, some guys are great shooters and they just don't have the correct mentality and it's just not in their, their nature. That's not a problem for Malachi. Nothing phases him. He's confident in his game. I feel like he's put in a lot of work. And one of the things that I've heard from a a lot of the veterans about every single one of those rookies, including Malachi, is how much time they put in working on their game. And that is a great sign, especially for a shooting guard, because the most important thing is reps and then, of course, mentality. And he has the right mentality. And I think he made a solid case for himself to be – um, a, a piece of the roster, uh, but because of Buddy and just how promising he is as a talent, and then you add in the possibility that Bogdan Bog, Bogdanovich um, w- most likely will be coming over next year. He'd be he it'd be it'd be crazy for him if he didn't because next year's the year that he can get paid and I understand holding out and waiting um, until you know when you're a European player until you're able to do that and we've only seen him really in the Olympics at least me and uh, probably a lot of Kings fans I think he has a ton a ton of promise so where does that leave Malachi it might leave Malachi in the situation where he's getting sporadic minutes and has to make the most of it but. The one thing that you can be hopeful for in a situation like this with the direction the league is going, I think he's a versatile player and that he could potentially even when they go to a small ball lineup, I think he has the athleticism and the quickness and the size to be able to kind of maybe even play a little bit at that small forward spot in bunches. And if that's how you can get five minutes here and there, it's better than just wasting away on the bench. So, but with injuries and, and you just never know what's going to happen. And so I, I'm not worried about him because I do believe that from a mentality standpoint, he's in really good shape. And lastly, we check in with James Ham and get James perspective. Of course, the insider for the Sacramento Kings on their television coverage uh, from NBC sports and uh, James, we ask him, what does Malachi, where does he fit in, really, if you think about him in the Kings' future plans? You know, Malachi is in a, in a rough position because it's kind of, I mean, he, he missed his opportunity. You know, he had just started to get rotational minutes. The things that I know about Malachi is, number one, he's got a, a very, very NBA-ready body. He's not like a lot of the, these young players that come in the league. I mean, even if you look at Scal and you look at Papa Giannis, both of those guys, for different reasons, you know, they need to work on their bodies a tremendous amount in the offseason. Um, but, you know, he's 6'6", he's got really thick legs, a really good, strong base, and he's got a 7-foot wingspan. 
And the other thing that I know about Malachi is he can really, really shoot it. He's got absolutely no conscience when he comes to shooting on the floor, which I think is a good thing. But he's going to have to be able to play some wing in this league if he's going to fit with his Sacramento Kings roster. I think when you see, again, Buddy Hilde and and Garrett Temple, like you mentioned, um, that's not good. And then Bogdanovich, you know, if he comes over, there will not be any minutes at the shooting guard position at all if Malachi doesn't figure out, you know, either how to beat those guys out or how to play some wing, how to play some small forward positions. So I don't know where he goes from here. But uh, losing that last 25 games of the season was absolutely brutal because he, he had to sit there and watch his, his young you know, guys that he's working out with. Uh, he had to watch them go out and play. And I know that it just absolutely killed him. But the Kings made the right decision. He had you know, a massive hamstring tear, and they had a choice of either you know, let him play the last eight games and risk something happening and him having a massive setback that puts him back. Maybe he can't play in summer league. Maybe he has to go in for surgery. Uh, you just don't know. Um, but they, they chose to err on the side of caution. And I think it was the right decision. It still doesn't make him feel any better about where his spot is on this team going forward. Then again, he could come out and just be absolutely spectacular and take everyone by surprise. And he could, you know, steal a, a starting spot at the shooting guard spot and push Buddy Hill to the bench. You just don't know. We have to wait and see on Malachi. So I think we share a lot of the same opinions on Malachi. We like what we see. We didn't see enough, but it's on him to have a good offseason, to get healthy, to get stronger, to improve in a lot of areas. And there should be minutes for him ahead. I know Buddy probably will be getting a ton of minutes. We don't know about Bogdanovich, still an unknown. Um, and then there's a lot of things they need to clean up. Are they going to keep a Flalo? Is Ben going to be around? Um, where does Temple fit in in this? And, and Malachi is going to fit in somewhere, and it's just like anything. Player development, if he gets better, there will be minutes for him to be had after going through his rookie season. So, again, my thanks to Jason Jones, Jerry Reynolds, Katie Christensen, James Hamm, all for participating, and we'll continue to do this day by day, one player at a time, as we continue our Sacramento Kings player evaluations thank you so much for listening follow us every day on itunes subscribe there it's free leave us ratings reviews if you would also uh for the friday mailbag questions at jason.ross at cbsradio.com you could follow me on twitter as well at jason ross 1140 other ways to follow the locked on kings podcast certainly uh, audio boom and stitcher as well do want to remind you too as we've been covering the entirety of the league as well uh we've got a couple of good things along the network on the locked on network where they're doing joint podcast kind of crossover so uh, the raptors and cavaliers are doing a joint podcast and, and check that out if you want a really good series preview i know that's going to be happening with a couple of the other uh podcasts as well uh, looking at previews of spurs rockets and any team you want to follow it's all here on the locked on network so we thank you for zero in on the Kings, but check out the entirety of the network as well. Thank you so much for listening. Back again tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.